Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's up, everybody? It's your boy B. Scott with the Philadelphia Eagles. I just want to thank you all for tuning in. Don't forget to subscribe to the show and leave a five-star rating. Fly, Eagles, fly. This is a Brawl Network production. You're listening to the Eagles Brawl Podcast. E-A-T-L-E-S, Eagles! Here to take you on the road to victory. It's Connor Miles, Ed Cross, Johnny Page, and Tyler Steege. Thanks for tuning in to Eagles Brawl of the Brawl Network. However you're listening, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get the podcast. We greatly appreciate it. Co-host Connor Miles and Tyler Stegge in the house. Our Eagles Brawl insider, Ed Cross, is joining us as well. Gentlemen, this is actually our first victory podcast for the Eagles. We have not been able to have a podcast yet talking about the Eagles winning celebrating Eagles victory. So cheers to us on our first Eagles victory podcast. It finally happened. The Eagles beat the San Francisco 49ers 25-20. to Fellas, before we get into everything we want to talk about, I want to get everybody's thoughts about the win. Let's just hear it. Ed, what are you thinking, man? What did you think? Well, I mean, you got to give the Eagles credit. I mean, they always do this, though, don't they? When they're, you know, when everybody counts them out, when their backs are against the wall, they're all banged up, they come out, and they put together a good game, and they win the game. Um, and that's what we saw against San Francisco. It was a great win. Really should help confidence uh, going into Pittsburgh and then Baltimore, hopefully. But uh, great confidence win for the Eagles. Really, really a good booster for them. I think it's exactly what Carson once needed. That's exactly what yep. I said. I think that's that last drive, the, how the game ended, I think that's exactly what he needed to just get rolling. And I mean – Wayne just cures a lot of things. I think how he handled the game, how he put it on the line, how he put it on his back, the rushing touchdown, taking Jimmy Ward's ankles and owning them completely. I think that's actually a good thing for him. I don't do I think he played perfect the whole entire game? No, and I'm sure we'll get into that a little bit, but good enough to win the game, good enough to get your confidence rolling, good enough to get into a rhythm, find out that Travis Fulham can actually catch some of your passes when he put the ball in the right place. Some good good takeaways from that San Francisco game. Now, obviously, he was eight, 18 for 28, 193 yards, 37 rushing yards, one touchdown, one interception. I think the interception, I won't kill him for. If, the, if he throws picks like that the rest of the season, that's fine with me because the, that the, some games this is going to happen, some games those aren't. I'm I'm not really worried about those that at all. 64% completion percentage with, I mean, literally Zach Ertz is double, triple covered the whole entire game. Greg Ward was even getting some good attention from Jason Verrett. I'm not going to kill him for it. I mean, 81 passer rating. He looked, he he put it in together when he got into rhythm in the second half. It was all good. He put them in a position when I'm right with Carson Wentz this week. I think this is the moment. This win was what he needed the most. 
Yeah, yeah, and real quick, Ed, before you get into it, I mean, the biggest thing this team needed was a win, and I mean, that's easy to see say, uh, but I mean, it, it's huge. I mean, it it, it, it we're, we want a big win, you know, as a fan, you want to win by 20, 30 points, or you know, get a have Carson Wentz throw for five touchdowns, but I mean, at the end of the day, that was never going to happen um, against the San Francisco team. They're traveling West Coast. Um, this is a tough opponent. I mean, this is a really, this team was in the Super Bowl, and I know, you know, they had a backup quarterback, so the win kind of seems underwhelming, but I mean, the narrative before this game was that Nick Mullins can run this offense just as well, if not better than Jimmy G. And what Jim Schwartz, I mean, there's a lot to rally from off of this win. It's not just Mike Carson Wentz, it's not just the defense, but I mean, at the end of the day, you just want to get a win. Um, and you know, they, they let week one slip away when they were up 17 points, obviously week two was a disappointment and then the tie, but I mean, just getting a win under your belt and something to actually rally off of, um, and you have a winnable win and I don't want to move on this quick, but I mean, you got a winnable game this week against Pittsburgh. I mean, this is a, it's huge. This is a big win to be able to come back from the West coast. Um, that San Francisco team is good. Honestly, in our preview show, I thought Ed raised a great point, which was which makes this win a little bit bigger for me is the fact that with the COVID going on, with the regulations and all the stuff they have to follow, they can't build any team chemistry whatsoever right now. And this is a whole new – John Hightower's really first NFL career start. Travis Foldenham played a huge role in this game. First career action with the Eagles. Whole new wide receivers corps pretty much going to that game. They didn't get the corroboree they would probably want leading up into the week. They didn't get to bond going into the game at all. I think that's a huge thing to take away from this team is that with all their back against the wall, again, like you said, San Francisco's been banged up. They have a ton of injuries. Nick Mullins, I mean, I don't really want to hear the Nick Mullins excuse because he almost dropped 400 yards on the Giants' defense. The Eagles' defense played good. We can give them credit for what Nick Mullins did. It's not like Jimmy Garoppolo is lighting the world on fire when he started for San Francisco either. Let's just be honest. But I, I will give them credit for because I thought, Ed, when you made that point on the previous show, I've been thinking about it in my head ever since, like, it's if you played football, you know chemistry is what matters. That's how it wills you to win when you have chemistry, when you have the camaraderie of the guys, when you have a, a rhythm going, you have something that you could feel uh, going on offense, especially to score. They didn't have that at all. It showed early and often that game, but again, they still willed their way to win. And guess what? The huge part of that was they could lean on their defense for once. That defensive lines came to play yesterday. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, road trips are usually bonding time, time to build the relationships and the chemistry, especially when you go all the way across country or on the plane for five hours and, uh, you know, it's just you and uh, your teammates and, you know, they don't have that. But, um, you know, Carson, what I liked about Carson was he was feisty, man. Did you see that little uh, dust-up he had out on the outside? Yeah, with Dante Johnson, yeah. You know, pushing back and forth. And, you know, after he threw that pick, man, he looked pretty upset about that. He looked really angry about it. And I think that really reflected in his play. And I like when Carson runs. And I say that because I know it's a dangerous thing to run the ball with him and the injuries. But I really like when he gets out out there and uses his legs. And as long as he's careful, and that's kind of concerning. He doesn't look like he's being real careful, man. He's going head first. He's taking on tacklers, he's not sliding, he's not getting out as much as he should, um, you know, and that could lead to trouble down the road, but that's when he's at his best, is when he's, you know, when he's using those legs, when he's picking up territory on the ground, and, and I said this before, too, in 2017, that was the thing, Frank Reich said, we want Carson to pick up one first down every single game with his legs, that's what he they wanted him to do, and then they got away from that because of the injuries, so 
but I just think he's better. And I think when you look at how he played yesterday, yeah, it wasn't perfect. But first of all, the coaching staff had a great game plan for him. Mm-hmm. Okay, they moved him around. They knew they had that banged-up offensive line. And, you, you know, you talk about the Niners' injuries. Please, give me a break. The Eagles are, are just crushed with injuries. Um, they can't even match up with the 49ers. I mean, they just put the 49ers' injuries to shame. But Doug had a good game plan for Carson, moving him around, um, giving him that read option, getting him out on the on the outside and giving him that option. If something's there, run or throw. I love that. And the Eagles ran the ball. They stuck with it. I mean, it was painful to watch the run game early, but they ended up running the ball 28 times. Only 93 yards. Of course, they lost 12 on the big run by Adrian Killens, who's no longer with the team after the Eagles cut him. But – they stuck with it. 28 runs, 28 passes. That is a great balance. And when you have a struggling quarterback, that's what you want to do. And just just a few things, because you hit on a few things. First off, the it, Doug Peterson said that he, he was going to, quote-unquote, simplify the offense. If simplifying the offense means you're going to get Carson Wentz rolling out and giving play actions, then simplify the offense every single week because it right. shouldn't. It's it bought like last week or yesterday, last night was the most that we've seen Carson Wentz roll out, and we've all been asking for it. Like this yeah. is what we want. This shouldn't require simplifying an offense. This is exactly what we want from number eleven. He's rolling out. There's Mister, Car- and we'll get into it too. But Zach Ertz, I mean his. His target share. I mean, me and Connor were texting before uh, we we went live today. I mean, it seemed like Zach Ertz didn't even run a a route past 10 yards. And I don't Mm -hmm. even think that's to his strength. But again, if that's going to get Carson Wentz into looks that he should be in, we should be doing this every week. These are things that should be going every week. And then going back to you, I mean, them, their emphasis, it seems like they're finally trusting Carson Wentz to be healthy. Like it. It's almost in 2018, 2019, they said, you're coming off this ACL injury. We want to be a little bit hesitant with you and almost like shelter you. It's not, they, they have completely just freed Carson Wentz as far as rolling him out of the pocket. And then he, they're letting him hold the ball on reads, which is amazing because defenses are not anticipating that. And you've seen that. He had two keepers, one being the touchdown, and he took Jimmy Ward's ankles. I mean, Carson Wentz finding – Playing aggressive without being reckless is the biggest thing. That is, if he could find that perfect balance of Carson Wentz being aggressive without being reckless, that's the the perfect balance that you want with him, and we're finally seeing it. And again, we know he didn't play perfect last night, but it's a huge step in the right direction. You get that win, you move the ball, you have that huge touchdown to the rookie. I mean, it was a, there's a lot of things to bounce off of from last night. I love the read option with Carson Wentz. I think that's the best way to simplify the offense is let him do the read option. Because I think you're right. I think that's a great point. I think they're finally like, you know what? Things aren't working right now. The Your best way of doing things, your Superman mentality, that's never going to go away. The best way to utilize that Superman mentality is telling you just take off and run. Make make that positive yardage no matter what it is. If it's a four-yard game, so be it. The third and six is better than a third and ten. I think it's exactly right. I think that's the way they utilize his offense from now on. Let Carson Wentz take off, and you know what? If he gets hurt, by the way, by the way, you can reason, you can so. run this simple offense when Deshaun comes back. We would all love it. We would all love it if you were to run this simple, you know, and Rager and Rager with this speed on the outside, legitimate weapons, and no disrespect to Fulgham because I think he had a good game last night and Hightower too. I think the receivers held up well. 
but again, it doesn't. Hightower had that clutch, that clutch slant uh, pass. I liked that a lot on third down. Yeah, I was like, there we go. And he's Ooh, Hightower. That was fourth down. Yeah. That was fourth and four. It was yeah. fourth down? Yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. fourth and four. Yeah, that was clutch. He's had two big weeks. I mean, even against Cincy, him drawing those those I or mm-hmm. I mean, they, they lost. Guys, yeah, that was clutch. Oh, That's clutch against plays. Will Jackson. That's a good corner. Yeah. I mean, there's he a run routes. He runs very good routes. I like John Hightower a lot. This, they, if, it definitely has something in him. If this team didn't take four weeks to get into the win column, there would be a lot more positives that people were shining light on it's just when they're yeah. losing it's it's very easy to to shine a lot on the negative and we're gonna shine some some light on the positive today i'm excited i mean there's there's a lot this team isn't as bad as is as uh it seemed this win is huge i'm hoping i'm hoping it's uh it's a step in the right direction well fellas this d-line looks like it has some uh some young edge rushers with some some serious potential because as much as we always want to say you know one game doesn't tell a whole entire story at least it was one game against probably one of the top offensive tackle tandems in the whole entire league and Trent Williams and Mike McGlinchey. Those guys put on a show. We had five sacks, 15 quarterback hits, two interceptions. Gerard Avery, five quarterback hits. Insane. Gerard Avery, let me repeat that so everybody can hear it. If you missed the game, you lived underneath the rock because you really missed a great performance because Gerard Avery had five quarterback hits. That's Trent Cole. That's Brandon Grandpa territory. Five quarterback hits. Derek Barnett. That half sack, he looked great. He worked Trent Williams on that half oh sack. Gosh. Worked him. Javon Hargrave cleaned it up. Javon Hargrave had a very – his presence has been showing up the last two weeks. Wait for it to continue, folks. Wait for it to pick up. He's still not all into it yet. He had, he had no training camp. He's still adjusting to a new system. Look at this guy's progression, and he's just coming back into football. Gave it a couple more weeks. We're talking big numbers from Javon Hargrave here. And then Josh Sweat continues his uh, monster season, continuing his sack streak. Guys. We're talking about guys that are underneath the age of 25. Maybe the Eagles have something in their edge rushes here that we were all worried about before. Yeah, what? Who's this Avery guy? Who's this Gennard Avery guy you're talking about? What? Who, who was that? I know you, and, you and I have to eat crow on this because you and I were pretty much like, screw Gennard Avery. Let's see Casey Tuhill at this point. And yeah, now Joe he, Oshman. I mean, Joe, Joe Oshman, I thought, was better than Gennard Avery, man. Gennard Avery, I mean, he's got a weird body, though. Like, he's like five foot eight, five foot nine, but he's. Yeah. Very small, very so he, small. So, you know, he can get under those taller tackles like a Mike McGlinchey, and we saw him eat him up a couple times, McGlinchey, push him back. Um, but he played, I think, 15 or 16 snaps, and he had those five QB hits, which is phenomenal production. But you wonder, like, okay, you say, okay, let's grow Gennard's role here. Let's let's grow it a little bit more. But maybe that's the right role for him, 15 to 20 snaps, because he is a little undersized, can wear down a little bit going against bigger guys. If you use him in that role, 15, 20 snaps, you – you keep him fresh, and you're able to go out there with him and throw that defense or the offensive line a curveball. And like uh, Connor and I were saying off the air, I mean, where they played him, he was standing up as a linebacker. He wasn't down three, you know, the hand in the dirt. I mean, they gave him a running start as a linebacker, and that's you know, maybe Schwartz is figuring out how to use him, but clearly he needs to use him. And I think 15 to 20 snaps is a great role for Avery, and especially it gives you that production. You mentioned Hargrave. I mean, Hargrave's going to get better. Um, Hassan Ridgeway had a sack uh, last night. You know, this is a team right now that leads the NFL in sack. I know Pittsburgh has 15, the Eagles have 17. Pittsburgh played one fewer game, and they're they're a sack attack. The Steelers have led the league in sacks for the last couple of years. But you know what? This Eagles defense is going to eat on that line this year, and it wouldn't surprise me if they were in the running uh, to lead the NFL in sacks. If they play like that against, like you said, a very good tackle tandem, it's going to be a really, really good time watching that line play. Are we all back on the Jim Schwartz train this week? <laughs> no, I don't know. 
We'll see. I mean, uh, all it takes is wins, man. It's all it takes. Yeah. I'm still not a fan of the soft coverage and the the zone coverage. I'm I'm I, don't, I mean, you have great man corners and Darius Slay, Corby Coleman. I don't understand what the, what's up with all this playing zone. He's favoring zone once again. Last year it was 58. percent This year it's trending the same way. I need to see some more man. I need to see bump up with these guys. I do think Schwartz needs to play a little bit more man, but. I do think that he also has shown growth as a DC because he's used to just be this simple, I'm rushing for no matter what. We've seen a lot of five down, men lo- down linemen looks. Um, we're seeing a lot of like uh, strong safety blitzes that we haven't typically seen. Uh, there's been a lot more, I, and I don't have the numbers with me, but I would, I would guess that Jim Schwartz has blitzed a lot more this year traditionally compared to the last few years. I saw a stat, I think it's 19% of uh, the defensive blitz this year, which is 22nd in the league. Um, and then you compare that to Pittsburgh, who blitzes 50% of the time, which leads the league. I mean, um, they bring a, a fifth rusher pretty much every play, or 50% yeah. of the time, which is nuts. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we saw a lot of man early, you know, in the first few games. We did, I don't think we saw as much against San Fran as we've seen because, uh, you know, you had Jalen Mills who had to come out of his safety spot and. Um, I think Mills is a better uh, zone coverage corner than he is a man corner just because of the speed limitations. So I think that's what Jim was trying to cover up a little bit um, was, you know, Mills mm-hmm. back corner spot. So um, they, they, they play man. I mean, you know, and they've got one of the best man cover corners in the league. Darius Slay has been just phenomenal. He's been amazing. And, and Darius, yeah. it, it, it's because – Two weeks in a row, my heart has kind of stopped. He got his arm jammed last week against the Bengals, and then yesterday, last night, he uh, he got banged on his knee on the Brandon Ayuk amazing touchdown. By the way, that touchdown was nuts. Uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> that yeah. hurdle was stupid. Um, but Darius yeah. Slay has lived up to literally every expectation that the Eagles expected. I mean. As soon as he was signed, he stepped in and he's there was training camp videos of him getting cooked against uh, Deshaun Jackson early on. Like, no, this man has stepped in is completely transformed. I mean, let's not underplay this. This defense now has versatility where they can play different looks. And Jim Schwartz finally has comfort. He's probably not playing man as much as we would like. But I mean, to him that to, to have the ability um, and then Ed, you hit on on Jannard Avery. I'm just glad that he's finally has a, it seems like he's finally got a role shaped out for him. Um, because when I was hearing that he was off ball, I get it. He is shorter, but he should still be near the line of scrimmage, near the line of, near the line of scrimmage. He shouldn't be playing off ball. I mean, he should not be playing off ball. He shouldn't be put in coverage. He's so much better with his head in the ground. Just go and get it. And I know he's a little bit under undersized, but this D-line is nasty. They can give you so many different looks. Barnett, Sweat, Avery, Malik Jackson, Hargrave, Cox. I mean, there's so much versatility that this defensive line can do. And if you add a corner behind them like Slay and he's playing as well as he has, they haven't had this the last four years. This is the yeah, first. Yeah, Avery's becoming – he might become the Swiss Army knife of the defense. Like Ed's saying, that role is probably perfect for him. Having the situational pass rusher come in, that could actually – wreak havoc yeah. I, I agree with you i think that's a good thing to have it's the swiss army knife of the defense but ed actually you led into a point that i did not bring up on our rundown that i actually want to discuss now is what did you think of Jalen mills at corner as a person who thinks he's failing at safety so far that transition that it could be better i thought he played pretty well at corner and this is a team that's 
really doesn't have a clear picture at cor- outside cornerback right now because I think Maddox outside of Washington struggled a little bit. So uh, what did you think about Jalen Mills at corner? Well, you know, he did give up the touchdown pass, but I mean, you know, he battled like he always does. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, he's got his limitations and, um, you know, but I think the Eagles are really sold on him at safety. I mean, I think they're going to move right. him back whenever Maddox is ready to go. Um, I yeah, I mean, I just think that he's a better safety. I mean, maybe he hasn't shown it, but he's only played, what, three games there? Well, he's not um, enough time to make an evaluation no, on that. It, it's going to have to grow. I mean, it's going to grow over time, and I'm not even sure they did him any favors moving him to corner, get him away from safety. I mean, you want him to get as many safety reps as he can, but they didn't mm-hmm. have any other choice, really, but to do that. Um, and right. they probably will have to do it again against Pittsburgh because I don't think a Maddox is going to come back. Maybe he does. We'll see later in the week. Um, I tend to doubt it. We know Trevor Williams is on the IR. Um, so who are you going to trust? And, and they trust Jalen Mills. But I think he's just a better safety um, or could has the potential to be a better safety. He might not have shown it so far. But, I mean, even they used him to blitz from safety. I think he's got one and a half or two sacks this yep. season. So, yep. um, yeah. He's he's been good there. He's been good there, and yeah. and, and something that we haven't and I don't think it was on our our list to talk about. But Kavon Wallace yesterday. I mean, he actually yeah. saw a decent role. Mm-hmm. He they they lined him up against George Kittle singled. Like I think he was in the twenty. I think what it was twenty seven percent of the snaps he played. I know he played twenty seven, and I think they had seventy snaps. Uh, the Niners, so whatever that math is, I'm that's not, not bad. Yeah. yeah, I mean, about he played fifteen snaps. That's nuts. Yeah, I mean. And he tackled Kittle, like, you know, or slowed yeah, him down. He did. You know, he, he was pretty sure-handed. Uh, I can remember a couple of times where Kittle caught the ball and Wallace was the only one around him, and he, he, he corralled him. He know? almost might be their best tackler, though, to be honest with you. Like, that's not – I'm not trying to make an overreaction here. He was – at Clemson, he was one of the best tacklers in the nation anyways. But And this team is doesn't really have the best tacklers on it to start out with. So it might be Kayvon Wallace in that, in that situation to be their best tackler. But – uh. And one one quick thing, and then we'll talk about the rest of the injuries later in the show. But just leading into the Jalen Mills thing, let's just say theoretically speaking, Amante Maddox, because I, I I think he's out for another week. I think uh, yeah, he's one or two weeks. Uh, Will Parks, any chance we see him this week? Is he back for the Eagles? You think, or is this another week with him too? Uh, I, I'm I'm surprised that they haven't activated him to be honest. But I I don't really know what his you know how his injury is coming along. Doug hasn't been asked about Parks much um and the next time we'll talk to him will be wednesday you know we'll get shorts on tuesday but i mean you know uh i don't know i really i honestly do not know what parts the situation yeah, nobody's talking about it that's why i was wondering because he could be a yeah. big role contributor that that's taking maybe duke Riley off the field perhaps putting will parks in dime uh getting him there as, as a third safety matter what because we all know how much the third safety plays for the eagles like that's that that could be a big boost for the secondary yeah. I, I i so i would like to know and he would get yeah. back. I, I, this is not being talked about right now. I'll, I'll say, you know, Marcus Epps, um, I don't think, you know, I haven't really watched the game yet. He didn't, he didn't uh, have a over, bad game yesterday. He didn't. No, from what my initial when, reaction was. When, when you see, when you have a guy like Brandon Ayuk, you know, jump six feet over your head and to be able to bounce back from that, you know, to put that, you know, forget about it. I mean, that could have ruined his game. That technically, his also, career. technically, Jarrett McKinnon's touchdown rush was supposed to be a flag. Well, on Epps, because Epps was the one that received the brunt of that hit. It was supposed to be leading of the uh, helmet, too. That should have been. And Epps stood his ground, man. Yeah, he did. I thought he took that hit on pretty well. But, again, he, the way that he positioned himself, too, called for that flag. So that was a football move by Epps, too, as well. Let's not 
Something yeah, like the, the, the runner hit the, the the crown of his helmet hit Epps right on the right under the chin. Yeah. You saw yeah. his whole helmet shift. I mean, it looks rough. But Epps, you know, to me, I mean, he could have gone south real quick after he got leapt over by Brandon Ayuk. I mean, he could have been like, "Oh my God, what?" <laughs> you know, that play was nuts. But yeah, it was. He hung in, man. He hung in, and he played a lot of snaps. And um, are we allowed? He, I'm glad because hurdle, hurdle, hurdles happen, and Brandon Ayuk's a freak athlete. So I mean, yeah. I'm a, I, I no, and no fault of Epps. So, so, yeah, on that one. He jumps over me like that. I'm thinking, oh, we, you know, that that would probably beat me. Down, <laughs> He's just know? insane, man. That's his talent right there. Can we but, t- can we talk? Can we talk about how how Rodney McLeod at free safety is like just like like maybe a top- the world on fire. Dude, yes, dude, he's having an insane season. He's dude, all around the ball. Just, all like, around the his ball. his game last night. I, I don't know what like if PFF rankings came out, but I mean, I would anticipate him to be near the top of of their their weekly rankings. He had a nuts game last night. I mean, there was they a grade weird. I don't know. I because plus especially when a player plays the whole entire game when doesn't miss a single snap. PFF always just grades them weird for, after that. But you're right. If you watch the game and you have eyeballs, Rodney McLeod played insane, and he's been playing insane all year. I think he's the best player on in the secondary so far outside of Darius Slay. Him and him and Darius Slay in the secondary have been absolutely, like, just amazing. But, I mean, there was a play all on – All around the ball. All around the – yes. Like, I mean, Rodney McLeod is a free safety. People So this man has more, more area of the field to cover than anybody else on defense. And for him to be able to be a box safety while doing that on a third and one, while covering the back end, he's – I'm telling you, his versatility yeah. is it, – it needs to be recognized because what he's doing for this Jim Schwartz defense is nuts. I mean, he had he, – He's so underrated. He's so, so good. Underrated. He is so good. Him him for one year – like five million a year is like one of the most bargain that you'll find. I mean, you're, you're not going to find – For sure. It's, Especially on this team. Ronnie McLeod is 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 like a top three defender for this Eagles defense. He's nuts, and I enjoyed watching him play last night. Yeah, he's fun. He's fun to watch, and he had the big pick, um, the big interception in the red zone, first turnover the defense forced, and that's like getting a big monkey off their back, man. A big piano was just lifted off their shoulders. That defense is all they heard about all week from the media. Uh, we were questioning where's the turnovers, where's the turnovers, Schwartz, where's the turnovers. And they talked about all that during the week. And for him to get the first one like that in a big spot. Now, Avery, again, had a big part in that, too. He hit pressure to um, yeah, yeah. Mullins uh, and kind of forced that pop-up. But McLeod was right there to take it. And then, like they always said this week, was the turnovers come in bunches. And um, McLeod got that that ball rolling. And the next thing you know, you know, you get another inter- the pick six from Singleton. You get the forced uh, fumble by uh, Craven LeBlanc on the, on the blitz that Malik Jackson covers. I mean, yeah, they're right. They come in bunches and Rodney was the first one to get one. And that was like, the, like I said, the piano coming off their shoulders and um, that defense started to believe you. Yeah, now, now we're going to get some turnovers. Now let's go get them. And they get, but, they get big Ben this week who turns the ball over a lot. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, that's true. But the huge thing that we talk about every week, that's so detrimental. Now they got Eric Ebron coming up with Ben Roethlisberger and their receiving corpse is just this linebacker. Again, usual. We always have to talk about it. It always becomes an issue. I know Tyler and I talked about it earlier. What will it take, Ed, do you think will it take for Jim Schwartz to finally pull the plug on Nate Gary or Duke Riley? Like what is what I mean, I'm get my assumption is Will Parks comes back and Duke Riley snaps decrease noticeably. <sighs> but other than that, I don't I mean, I don't think he's gonna mention Nate Gary. I just don't think he's gonna do it. 
Well, you lose T.J. Edwards now. He's going to miss some time with the hamstring. So, yeah. so that maybe brings Bradley up the wrong one more step. He played three That's snaps right. last night. But, you know, Alex Singleton played 15 snaps, and um, maybe it's more playing time. I mean, he, you know, he, they blitzed him a couple times up the middle, and he delivered some violent hits to the to the. Uh, he's looked good this season versus the run. His run recognition is there yeah, immediately. I mean, that's, you know, that's where he's good. As soon as you have him sitting in coverage is when he struggles a lot. Yeah, you, you got to get his, yeah, you gotta get his head down. Uh, Singleton is, is solid with his head down, but as soon as he has to read and react, it's when he struggles a lot. Yeah, well, I've been beating the drum for Bradley now, Sean Bradley, since you know day one, really. Hell yeah, I'm all in on that Sean Bradley train. I'm 100 in on that. I, and plus, he's number 54. That's a great linebacker number. Put him out there. That was Trotter's number, right, Jeremiah? Yep, yeah. Trotter's Bobby Wagner's over there in Seattle, rocking it right now. Yeah, right. Who didn't really get a good chance here to really rep it really well, but yeah. Brandon Graham's rookie year. Like, come on, let's let's see what uh let's see what Sean Bradley can do. I'm ready. Where would you put him though, Ed? I don't think you would put Sean Bradley at Mike. So where would you would you put him at weak side? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, I, I would. They just they're so weird with linebackers, man. It's so hard to explain because I always get questions. In do my we know where he's listed? Right? Like, was like, he listed on the depth chart? I'm pretty sure he's listed as the backup at Mike. I'll find it. Is he listed at the backup at Mike? Man, I don't even know because the, their linebackers are so interchangeable. And that's what I always tell people when they ask me, like, well, can he fit here? Can he fit there? And I'm like, guys, they they really are positionless at linebacker. They just put these guys everywhere, it seems like. I know because he's listed on the depth chart in their book here. He's listed as the backup to TJ So, you, so you middle. would. So he's third. No, so that doesn't really mean that you would bench to Gary still. That doesn't. Yeah, no. I mean, and Gary's backup yeah. is listed as Singleton. So I mean, but you know, Gary plays in the middle too. So I, just, I mean, I was just going to say they had them. They had them playing. It's just a positionless thing. You yeah. play two linebacker system. It's really hard to really. Just, it's yeah. positionless at that point. But I, that's what I'm like, wondering if you bench Nate Gary, is that is if is Sean Bradley the replacer or would they replace it with Alex Singleton? Is really where I'm getting at. Yeah, I don't, yeah, really I don't know think what they would do with Gary. I, I just they're think, not. It's they're unfortunate. Not. I'm just yeah. over it. I. I'm so over that Nate Gary. And can we there, can we address can we address something too on the linebacker front? Davion Taylor, I never, we all never expected him to have a real role this year, right? I mean, the third round selection. I, I just have seen this a lot on Twitter, and I just want to address it real quick. Davion Taylor never really had a role shaped out this year, and it never. If you expected that, then your expectations expectations were kind of off. Um, just hitting it, right. it, he was very developmental. I mean, the pick was. Very similar to Jalen Hurts. We didn't expect a role in, in in the first year. We'll see how it is. But if you watch him at Colorado, he basically played a hybrid nickel-ish kind of type role at at Colorado. He's barely played football, barely plays, knows how to right. play linebacker. And Leave so, it at that. So, like, that's exactly yeah. what it is. And we'll see what he is in 2021. But if the Eagles relied on Davion Taylor in 2020, then there's, something's going wrong. So – Move on from the idea. It's not going to happen. We'll see what happens. This linebacker group is definitely going to be rotating every week. We'll see what happens. But yeah. I don't expect a role from Taylor, and I don't think that, that you guys do either. I just wanted to hit that real quick because I have seen people calling for him, and I'm not interested. Truth. I see it everywhere. I, I And it's basically – it's definitely because of draft capital. He's picked in the third round. I get it. But Sean Bradley is definitely more NFL ready than Davion Agreed. Taylor. It's not close. It's yep. not close. So – I'm with you, Ed, and we've been saying it the last couple episodes now. Let's see what Sean Bradley can give you. I guess it's just because he's he's a rookie and there's no preseason and there was no real offseason. They don't want to throw him out there. I I just – Duke Riley's never really been a, a starting linebacker, though. Even in Atlanta, he was a special teams linebacker. So, right. I mean, 
you're, it's not like your linebacking corpse has that much experience starting as is. I don't really understand the logic of we don't want to play Sean Bradley when he's a rookie when he, I mean, these guys barely have more snaps than him. Well, that, that's what all these linebackers are to me. It's just kind of glorified special teams guys. I mean, that's really what they are. They are there. Yeah. That's exactly what they are. They're starting NFL linebackers and maybe Sean Bradley is. I mean, I'm just throwing him out there because he looked good in camp. He played the position very well at Temple. Um, you know, why not? Let's see. Let's see. I mean, but it's not going to happen for Nate. It can't Gary. be much worse. I know. I know. But Jim loves them. And, you know, when Jim loves somebody, you know, he stands by them. And, um, Nate Gary's Nate, become – sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, he's going to end up leading this team in tackles this year, I think, Nate Gary. I, you know. He's, um, yeah, well, you, well, you're going to have a lot of tackles when you get picked on relentlessly <laughs> in coverage, though. <laughs> he's going to lead the team in missed tackles probably. <laughs> Nate Gary's become the scapegoat, man. Anytime there's yeah. a big play, everybody just looks for it. They're like, where oh, was yeah. Nate Gary? That's Philadelphia thing, though. We always have to find that one guy. Because I'll tell you right now, Duke Riley is playing probably worse than Nate Gary. Oh, 100%. Just to, just, to, just to be completely honest with everybody, Dude. Duke Riley is playing worse than Nate Gary for sure. They're yeah. both really bad, though. That's why I tweeted out both. I said both of them are not starting linebackers in the NFL. Neither one of them are. Don't just pick on Nate Gary. Sue Crowley is definitely does not belong on a starting field either. No. Let's let's talk about positive stuff now because this is yeah. the linebacker situation is always the, the main topic. What about Jordan Bellotta? Jordan Bellotta, guys. Dude. I, was, I thought you'd have a jersey on tonight. Connor, I, I, know, I, 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 be I, <laughs> I really – I I said I said uh, – because I told Giovanni, G, uh, our co-host, his birthday is on the, the 7th, uh, little Giovanni. I said, what jersey do you want? I'm thinking about getting you the Jordan Malata jersey for your birthday because this guy is the underdog. Yeah. underdog. Yeah. Look, I'm not going to lie. Ed, you and I talked about it off air. I did say, look, it was the 49ers pretty much B-line, but they still had some talent on that B-line. Kerry Hyder is no joke. He's a good rotational pass rushing end. There was Eric Armstead was still there. They got some guys. Jordan Malata looks really good in his first NFL start. Again, this guy is so raw, so raw. Sorry, but we can't really just – it's, it's too early to make a full evaluation on him because I, so, I see some people are like, just go ahead, throw him in the starter left tackle for the rest of the season now. But yeah, yeah. positive. Very th- that's a positive of the game, though. He played really well. Well, yeah, one game doesn't make the NFL career, but you saw some no. good things in Jordan Mulata, no doubt. I mean, yeah, there's some technique stuff, and, you know, he let pass rushers kind of get into his chest and knock him off balance a little bit. But he's a big man. I mean, even when you knock him off balance, you still got to get around him. You know, he's 6'8", 350. He's got pretty good feet. I mean, he looked like he had some good footwork. Um, it, it, so there are some good things to take away. He didn't give up any sacks. He didn't give up any quarterback hits. I think he gave up one quarterback hurry. I think he graded out at 75.2 or something like that, and Lane Johnson was at 76.4. So, I mean, that's pretty good for your first time playing football ever. Mm-hmm. He never played football until 2018, right, when the Eagles drafted him in the seventh round. This um, year has been his first football action. This has been yeah, his first I mean, year of real I, I action. Remember, I remember in the locker room when Milata was on the team at, at camp, he, he told us that he couldn't even really figure out how to get his helmet on and strap <laughs> on. And that's how I <laughs> was like, and look how far he's come. I mean, he came he, he played last night a respectable left tackle. He still has work to do. Um, but, yeah, really big, big bright spot at a time when the Eagles need someone to step up at left tackle because Peters is out. I don't know who – 
he may have played his last game. I don't know. I mean, he. Well, I, I did he, see. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie. I did see a good theory that was put out there by Les Bowen that I thought I would bring on air tonight. Let's just say Peters does come back at some point this season and Milata played well while Peters is out. What if you say, hey, JP, we brought you in a right guard. Let's put you back there, baby, because. I thought Matt Pryor. I, I'm starting to see why why they were. JP on Matt got Pryor. his paycheck. JP got his paycheck. He's we, the, hey, the team doesn't owe him anything. The team. Does, I mean, at that point, I mean, whatever. No, I'm saying put him. No, because I'm not. If if Milada keeps playing well, I don't care if JP comes back. I'm playing Milada left tackle if he keeps playing well. Hundred percent. If but if right guard is still an issue, because I thought Matt Pryor. I I don't know. I'm starting to see why the team is not that high on him. To be honest with you guys, now yeah, uh, yeah. if Matt Pryor. Still takes a little derailing. Maybe you put JP there, but I don't know. I'm not really concerned about Jason Peters' health right now, to be honest with you guys, because Jordan Milano looked that good. I, I, this well, is a complete overreaction. It was one game. I know, and, and Pittsburgh's going to be a big test, not only test. for Milano, but that whole offensive line, because they like to blitz. They blitz like 50%. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, Kelsey's going to have to be pinpoint on his calls. Carson's going to have to recognize some of the things they're going to do, because they're going to try to confuse – I mean, they know the offensive line, who they're starting. They know Jordan Milata is a former Australian rugby guy. I mean, he didn't know he was going to start until Saturday, which means the 49ers didn't know he was going to start until Saturday either. But now there's some tape on him. Uh, Pittsburgh's very smartly coached. I mean, they're going to have a game plan that they're going to attack the Eagles. And they're second in the league in sacks right now, and that's after not having played on Sunday. So it's going to be a big challenge. But, yeah, okay, I'm all on board with Milata. Spot, but, you know what's you funny? Know, yeah. You know Pittsburgh's left tackle, Andre Villanueva? You know how yeah, he started yeah. off with the Eagles as like a defensive end and the, but Chip yeah. Kelly was here Chip and then Kelly, cut him and they put him. A lot of his career is kind of going the same way his is. He, maybe we'll see. I mean, he might end up being this Eagles left tackle that nobody thought of. But I will say one thing, this is complete overreaction and all you guys kill me for it or actually be like, you know what, you have a point. Milana's game, his game looked a lot better than anything Andre Diller showed me so far. I thought he held his own better than Andre Dillard has so far. Mm-hmm. I don't know. He looks good, man. I thought he. I. I thought that was. I thought it was a good play. I am not a part of the the Andre Dillard slander as much as as much as others. I hope Ed, he has a you can, with Ed, you team. can go in on it. I'm I'm hanging out over here. Well, on a slander. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm not going to rip Andre Dillard. Cool. I like let's Andre. just go. Let's just go start a new lobby, and you and I will just do our own little podcast <laughs> for the night. Yeah, <laughs> Well, wouldn't that be a thing, though? Wouldn't that be a thing if the Eagles' seventh-round pick ends up being their future left tackle, not their first-round pick? I think it's a blessing in disguise for they have three guys. Well, well, yeah, Dillard, Driscoll, and Mulata are all young guys Mm -hmm. who could potentially be, like, bookend starters. Like, they could be starters. Hats off to Jeff Stoutlin. Hats off to Jeff Stoutlin. Dude, and I I, I saw that. I want to talk about Stoutlin. I mean, like... There eventually needs to be a potential future for him higher than this because he has been the best coach on the Eagles. And I talked about it last episode when he said, who would you have helping with the play call? And I said, just Allen. I said, just Allen. I was like, go ahead. The game last night, they they showed a little view of like Carson Wentz, like uh, talking on the sideline. And he was talking directly to Jeff Stoutland and they were like working on the iPad together. I was like, this is. Go ahead. Call me crazy, and I want the viewers to chime in on this too. At me on Twitter, at Eagles Brawl. Anything you want to say about this? 
I will let Jeff Statlin call the first half of games. Try set, it. Set the tone. Set the Try tone on it. offense. Let Jeff Statlin set the tone on offense. Try it. I bet you the run game would be nuts. That's what I'm saying. I think the run game, I think he would put, not only the run game, I think he would put the RPO offense in perspective because he had it with Chip yes. Kelly here. I think he would be one that could really put ease things in for Carson, set the tone of the game with the RPOs. Let the run game thrive with Miles Sanders, and then let Doug Peterson close it Ed, out with his aggressive. Ed, Ed is doing his classic, just like nodding while smiling, like you guys are he's idiots. Like, he's like, yeah, no, he's like, I'm an actual analyst, and you guys are just fans with these crazy theories. Yeah, I'm I'm not uh, ready to go there with Jeff Stalin yet, um, but I do know what you mean, Tower. They did show that clip on the sideline of him with the. Uh, whatever that thing was, the iPad or whatever. Whatever they call those things. Yeah, right. The uh, Microsoft Teamware, whatever. But uh, I, I just, I mean, he doesn't have any uh, background in that. Um, he does have a hand in the game planning. Um, so he does have that. He's the run game coordinator. He, uh, he had 28 runs at his disposal last night. But what he does well is he, he gets, I think he just gets these linemen ready to play. I mean. It's amazing. It, it really, I mean, Nate Herbig. Is playing well at right guard, left guard. He was playing well. I mean, Shameless plug here. Julian Vondervelde came on that, or I think our second episode, and he was talking about how Jeff Stoutland teaches the game of technique like no no one else. And he was coached by Howard Mudd himself too. And he said Jeff Stoutland teaches the game of technique to offensive linemen like no offensive lineman coach could ever in the NFL. I mean, dude, a rookie, a rookie fourth rounder, Jeff Jeff Driscoll stepped in week one, and it was against Ryan Kerrigan, and he just looks guys do Big V. Yeah, Jordan Bellata, uh, every Jack year. School, Nate Herbig, like these guys, nobody should expect. NFL teams didn't expect anything from these guys, mind you. Let alone the Philadelphia Eagles. And, and now these guys are coming in; they're placement players. And Jeff Stoutland is just putting them out there and making them uh, average starters, really, really contributors. Yeah, so I mean, it's it's insane. It's an O line factory with Stoutland here. For a team, I'm not going to lie. I'm not, it is an all-line factory. For a team that struggles, I'm not because it's the truth. The team struggles with developing young talent. Jeff Statlin doesn't. They should just not draft O-linemen in the first. Like you can't touch O-linemen until the fourth. Yeah, round. you got to wait till the day three. Yeah, yeah, day three, <laughs> day three, and then focus on everything else because you're bad at drafting corners and receivers. <laughs> oh man! But well, moving I mean, on. yeah. Okay. Well, no, go ahead, Ed. No, no, no. I mean, I, I, I like Stalin. That's all. You know, I'll say I, I do like Jeff. Uh, and uh, yeah, I know that. I know we're having crazy theories over here. We, uh, I know we, that we just know, got our first win. Happen, we have yeah. to be crazy with well, it. Not only that, yeah. I don't think the Eagles would ever do that either. I don't think Doug Peterson would ever tell you that he's not going to call any point of the game. For the no, Eagles. and and I mean, no. and just just real quick because this is a little bit. Go ahead, Ed. Sound like you had something. No. No, no, no. Nope. No, I don't. Just just real quick off of the play calling, because I think Doug Peterson, we talked about it, simplifying the offense for Carson, it was a, a huge step. I do think something that needs to, to that he needs to get better at is this team is seeing a lot of man coverage. I don't know if you guys have noticed this, but this mm-hmm. team's seeing a lot of man coverage. His route concepts against man coverage are starting to bother the hell out of me. Like it's just a traditional three receivers outside it's and then planned. you have yeah, bland. it's it's yeah. very very vanilla, and if you know you're going to be seeing man, you need to be having guy like they they'll sometimes uh, have Ertz like pre snap motion to see if it's man or zone, and then Wentz is locked into one read. You could just see he's reading one read and then he's running. 
Unexpected trouble? CashNet USA can take the stress out of borrowing emergency funds. Our fast, secure application process makes it easy to apply online 24-7. Plus, CashNet USA offers same-day funding if approved before 10.30 a.m. Central Time, Monday through Friday. Additional terms may apply. Visit CashNetUSA.com or tap the banner to apply today. I wish Peterson would have better route concepts to beat me. More bunch, more more, more uh, like inline sets that where, where you're causing havoc, like near the line of scrimmage. You're running rub concepts. You're running like screens in a sense. There's not enough of that. And you're seeing a lot of like third and nines where Zach Ertz is like the sole read. When he gets beat against a linebacker, because Zach Ertz is an amazing route runner, but if he's getting beat against a Kwan Alexander or something or a Fred Warner, we got to get something. We got to get a free gimme because teams play man all the time. It's Doug Peterson's biggest issue. There needs to be more route concepts to beat man if you're seeing it this much. And it's been my one criticism. And we started talking about Jeff Stoutland. So I just wanted to hit that like because we're going to see it a lot. The Steelers play a ton of man because they blitz. You need to figure out route concepts to be able to beat me. How many times have we seen the last three weeks? Uh, Zach is going against some good cover guys. Again, Micah Fitzpatrick, Devin Bush, Joe Hayden's teams, over there. Got, teams are doing uh, that double-A double a blitz that the Eagles do. They're doing it against them, and Wentz has been able, having to get rid of the ball immediately on third downs. That's why you can't mm-hmm. do that empty set. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that they could do – it, that's been my one big criticism on on Doug. I think the biggest issue is on offense to get to start getting it rolling. The passing offense per se, they got to find a way. They got to scheme Zach Ertz open somehow. They got to get Ertz involved better than he. I I know he's getting double and triple coverage of tired games, but I think if you look back at the Eagles, and I keep saying this that I keep repeating it, but it's just what I firmly believe is teams look at their last year film and said, how did the Eagles manage to win? And it was because they ran the offense through Zach Ertz because they couldn't trust the receiver position. So now. Every single game so far, the defenses have taken Zachary out of the equation. They have to get their most reliable target involved. They have to get their best playmaker involved. They have to scheme Zachary's better. I don't, I don't know what how to do that per se with all the receivers being out as is. Hopefully, we get Deshaun back here soon. Rager back as well. Plus, Watkins healthy. Maybe even Alshon too helps. But they need to do something to get Zachary's more involved because that will definitely help the offense they, and maybe pick up Carson Wentz's game a little bit better. They only scored 18 points last night. On offense, let's yeah. not forget that. Like, yes, they won. It's nice to to focus in and hone in on the the positives. But again, only eighteen points. There's there's a lot of teams in the NFL averaging about thirty thirty five a game. So, right. it was a good performance. But again, we're just talking. I mean, there's a lot to 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 work on for sure. Yeah. Do you think Miles Sanders is hurt, Ed? Doug was asked that on Monday. He said, "No, he's not." Um, he's not going to tell you the truth, though. I, I, well, I, if, he, if he was if he was hurt, he was probably maybe not because we didn't know he had the glute injury until Wednesday when he popped up on the injury report. Um, so yeah, maybe Wednesday we'll see something that uh, is bothering him. But you got to think though, at the point of like how they're using him, they they're really cautious. It's pretty noticeable yeah. how cautious they are. They, well, I, I mean. They, yeah, they went like it, 20 snaps without using them at all. I think right. I, is it because they're early in the season they want their running back to be at his best shape towards the end of the year when they need him the most maybe perhaps? Or is it really just maybe he actually is, has an undisclosed injury that's not – I mean, it's it's not serious enough to keep him out of the game, but it's serious enough to hinder his usage because he's not being used right. I mean, this guy is, your best, is really vertical threat, uh, best run threat, 
really could set the tone on offense for this whole entire team, really could control the whole entire game right now with Carson Wentz struggling, and they're just not using him enough, and people are complaining. We're all noticing it. I want more Miles Sanders. I'm sure everybody else in this, this little chat does too. It, something has to give, I think, right? Yeah, I mean, I pestered Doug and Deuce all week about it, about is it sustainable to use Miles? Because to me, I think they just need to develop another running back but um, and use him and give Miles a break when they can. But, I mean, not to use him for almost 20 straight snaps in the second half, I think, you know, that's way too much uh, neglect of Sanders mm-hmm. to me. I mean – when I'm talking about kind of backing off his usage a little bit, I mean, I'm not talking like that. I mean, I'd like to see them get another running back involved. But, you know, Boston Scott and Corey Clement really haven't been able to get started. They tried Killings yesterday on some stuff, and that didn't work out. I mean, we talked about it before. I just think they need that guy to, to hammer between the tackles, like a, an Elijah Holyfield um, maybe can fill that role. But they need somebody to come in and, and help Miles. Um, take some of the load off of him to, to get him through the season because he's already had the hamstring. He's already had the glute. I mean, maybe he's got something else that we'll learn about uh, as the week goes along. But um, I, I think they do need to kind of make sure they monitor how many times he's touching the ball. We all want to see Miles touch the ball. I was a little disappointed. He looked like he dropped a pass over the middle uh, on one, one uh, third down. Throw. He did, but it was, it was, it was low. It was yeah, low. I want to say that. Was low, but you, gotta, you have to make that catch. I, I agree. agree. I agree. You if that pass hits him in stride, though, that could have been sick. So I, I, yeah, I know. Um, and but we he talk- did have play yeah. off of the catch, I think, to set up the, the Wentz touchdown run. I think he had a 28 or 29-yard. Uh, His pass blocking is, is phenomenal. 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 Absolutely right. Absolutely right. I mean, he's a, he's a valuable part of the offense, there's no doubt. But I think they do have to monitor him and, and be careful with him that you don't overwork him. But they don't have a back right now that kind of – you can say, okay, you go in and, you you know, we're going to give it to you six or seven times. They, they don't have that. Right, Scott. I'm done with this Corey Clement stuff. Yeah. I'd rather just give, give, give Elijah Hoyfield his roster spot, see if he can help out with the carries at all. If he can't, then find another back. Because this, this needs to – they need to figure it out. I don't yeah. I don't like criticizing GMs in the season because it's always hindsight 2020. But it's frustrating when you say that you're going to lean on a running back as much as they're going to lean on a running back like Miles Sanders. And you don't. Exactly. And then they don't. Like, then what was your plan? The whole week. The whole week. I mean, yeah. even Deuce Neely said it himself. Miles are our feature back. We're going to make him our feature but, back. But then, and, 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 and I don't like press conferences. I don't like holding what Doug Peterson right. says during press conferences. But he comes out after last week and says, well, Miles was a little fatigued. Okay, mm-hmm. well, this is supposed to be your, your like, monster back. Yeah. You can't you can't use the fatigue thing. <laughs> that's that's not allowed. So then then we come back and he's playing about twenty straight snaps without their their monster back. I mean, there needs to be that that shows me because Carson Wentz right now is your be, is your second best rusher. Yeah. Right, that's the thing. Yeah. So because we look at those rushing stats last night, Carson Wentz contributed through almost forty yards of that. Like, did we it, did we overvalue the last four games of Boston Scott last year? I don't think saying. they're using him right, though. I Because even Ed said it, too, and I think I agree with him. I don't think he's being utilized that right this year, though. I, I, don't I think know they're if trying to the use him in screens. I've, I've seen them try to use him but, in screens. He doesn't your point? Look- yes, they did over – because that they went into the season thinking they're fine at running back, and clearly they're not right now. So, yes, to your point. That's just the – yeah, that's the frustrating thing is is you can't – Say that you're doing something and then and then refuse to to use this I'm guy. I'm though. I know how Holyfield is slow, but man, I'd rather just see something, somebody that can create just five a yards. physical type run yeah. game. Yeah, like the the grind it out for the to grind the clock down because they have to. That 
I want to see this team with how they are at wide receiver right now, how they are in the passing game. Just establish a strong run game that can dominate games. And they really don't that's have. That's what I want to see. They don't have a punishing rusher because even even when Sanders is thriving, he's not a punishing rusher. He's he's more of like a. He bounces off the hits, but he goes down after it. Though, yeah, so right. Yeah. 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 So yeah. so I mean, after that, you have Corey Clement and Boston Scott. If you were to have a mix, like a, a running back who can actually take on contact, they don't have that. I, I think that they need, and this this offense is very Frank about Gore. wearing down. Come yeah. on down. It's time to return to Philadelphia, my friend. <laughs> yeah. We need you to compliment Miles Sanders. I know the I mean, what are you, going anywhere. Ed, what have you seen? I mean, do you think Elijah Holyfield could take over that role, or do you think they need to go somebody somewhere outside of the organization? Well, uh, I'm not sure. I think if Holyfield was the answer, he might have been given a shot by now. Maybe it's sure. a pass blocking thing. Maybe they don't like him in what pass is, what, is, what does Corey Clement bring to the team? Yeah, because I need an right answer. Now. He's not bringing anything right now. I need no, an answer. He brings his resume from 2017, really, is what he brings. Mm. And uh, a rap album. He did just drop a new album. If you guys was it fire? It, out. it was not, but you can check it out. He was pulling. <laughs> he, he, he pulled. He pulled yeah. Yeah, I, I want he, Ed's opinion on this. What he, do you he think, pulled, Ed? Was he it put fire? a Le'Veon Bell. No, he put a Le'Veon Bell with it, to be honest with you. It was pretty trash. But, I, mean, I, 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 I love Corey Clement for the Super Bowl. Hasn't been the same player since. I don't think so either. He's the, um, the first player in NFL history to get worse when he got dreads. <laughs> Maybe that's it. Maybe that is, uh, the, the only the only fit it. that I thought would be Freeman, and and he just signed with New York. I mean, I thought that was always a good fit. I thought that he was kind of that punishing runner that we talked about, a good good little like mix up back with Miles Sanders. Just because I think Miles Sanders is a really good running back. I see the potential. Uh, I understand why they took him in the second round. I still don't think he's a bell cow, like a like a Ezekiel Elliott. Like I don't think it's somebody that you could feed the rock twenty five times every single game. I think he's like Lashawn McCoy, to be honest. And I think Lashawn McCoy always did have that Bryce Brown, the the Ronnie Brown, the just to you know, spell running else back there. So yeah, there was always a spell running back there for Lashawn McCoy. Yeah. They need something because I'm with. I mean, I think you're right there. If, if they thought Elijah Holyfield was it, they would they would have brought him up. But I, I was it, surprised they brought Killens up. Um, I think it's because they're receiving part of the game. And then only, yeah, not only that, if control. you wave him, I think what they're doing right now, if you wave him, he probably wasn't going to get claimed, so you can put him right back on the practice right. squad. Yeah. I think that's probably that they probably chose a player that can contribute with some sort of way in some sort of facet that they could wave and get back onto their practice squad is pretty cool what they chose him for. So I'm assuming they chose – Again, to remind all the viewers, we're recording this at Monday night, so we don't. If it comes out later and the news comes out, the Quez Hawkins takes the roster spot, or Will Parks takes the roster spot. We didn't know that at this time, but that's what I'm assuming. One of those guys is the ones that takes uh, Adrian Killen's open spot right now. I, I mean, I want to see what Quez Watkins can do. I think I'm actually excited to see. Is him this, play more is than this the Alshon, Alshon week? <laughs> I don't think it's the Alshon week. No, yeah, he's, he's on the 53, so he's already got a spot. You don't have to. Oh, have true. Him. But uh, it could be the Ashon week. I mean, he's been practicing for two weeks now. I mean, come on, let's go. How much time? Yeah, what are you going to lose at this point? I mean, you don't even want the guy on the team barely. So, well, I mean, what do you got to do? Put him out there. You're 30 years old, but you know, let's go. It's time. You know, it's been. And, two I weeks. mean, and correct me if I'm wrong, but if he misses this week, then they should have put him on IR. Correct? He could have came back after three weeks because of this new. Um, so, so then, yeah. So it's been four have. games. If, they if he had hoped, I think, that he was going to come back before three games were played. Otherwise, why wouldn't you have put him on IR um, and created another roster spot? But I don't know. I, I you know, Alshon is a complete mystery. 
How many um, times do you find yourself just saying, I don't know, when <laughs> evaluating this team? There's just well, so more, more times this year because you're not in the locker room. You know, you're not even actually talking to people one on one or getting, you know, that extra stuff that you don't get with, you know, 35 other people on Zoom and getting all the same stuff. And you can't really ask stuff that you would normally ask one on one or. Uh, you know, just stop by someone's locker and strike up a conversation. So I'm saying I don't know a lot more this yeah. year because, you know, I, I'm not around to kind of find out a little bit more. This game against Pittsburgh will be tough, though. I know you're liking our chances, Tyler, but I mean, this is that that, bitch, that defense is serious. That blitz is going to be serious. CJ Watt and Cam Hayward is going to give Jordan Mulata his real first test. Kerry Hyder's a nice player, but Cam Hayward's on a different atmosphere. So <laughs> Stephon Tewitt. Stephon Tewitt's a very good player as well, too. So. That defense is interesting week for this offensive line, this makeshift offensive line, really, to be honest with you. It's arguably the best defense in the league. Yeah. It's the good news on the offensive line is it should stay the same, um, which, you know, this was this past week was the fourth different offensive line combination they ran out there this year. In all four right. games, they had somebody different. So, you know, you hope that now this will be the second week this group works together, give you a little more continuity, a little bit more familiarity. Uh, more cohesion, and because that's really that's the big question is how are they going to stop this blitz that Pittsburgh's going to lay on them? Um, you know they can come at you from all different directions, and a young, inexperienced line can struggle with that. Absolutely, and then not only that, you said off air too uh, during your presser with Doug today. It seems like he's at the expectation that Lane Johnson's ankle injury is going to be a season lingering injury. So. Yeah, the only way that's going to get better is rest, and you know. To me, I would probably rest him. Because yes. Let's, do let's yes. throw Driscoll out there. I mean, he did well in the opener, fourth-round pick, and then you're looking at Mulata, Herbig, Kelsey, Pryor, and Driscoll. I mean, my gosh, nobody saw that coming. But I would do it. I mean, I know Lane's tough, man, and he is tough. He wants to play. Um, and I think maybe flying out five hours in an airplane affected that ankle, you know, because your feet kind of swell up anyway when you're at – you know, 36,000 feet or wherever you're flying at. And I kind of thought that might be an issue, to be honest with you, um, because they have to manage that swelling. As the, You know, he takes treatment every single day on that ankle, and the only way it's going to get better is to rest it for a couple weeks. So um, maybe I run him out there against Pittsburgh if he's well enough because of this challenge that that defense is going to present with the blitz. Um, but I'm not sure I would, I would keep doing this with him. I mean, I, he deserves to have this ankle get better. And let's see what Driscoll can do. Uh, why not? I mean, it's already a rejiggered line. Just go ahead and make it even more so with Driscoll out there. It's just the fact that they're for some reason the Eagles win when Lane Johnson's out there, though. And yeah, they right. win, they don't when he's out. So hey, see, for some reason, their success hinders on Lane Johnson's health. Yeah, it's weird. Or not being suspended. But yeah, I don't know. Just, I, I, it's a good point because I mean Jack Driscoll. I mean, against one of the best defensive lines in the NFL when Washington held his own. So I, I'm not too opposed to it. I'd rather have Lane Johnson at 100% than 60% because that could hinder a season, especially with these speed rushers that they're going to be facing uh, when Demarcus Lawrence comes to town. And I'm not going to go into much more because we all understand the point. The speed rushers are going to be harder to deal with with a bum ankle. Uh, I, it's a good point. It's, yeah. it's a good point for sure. What up? What, I know, Ed, you're traveling this weekend, so this is probably going to be the only time we get you this week, but uh, you're traveling up to the Pittsburgh game. They're letting you in there, which is awesome. But yeah, I know, I guess. Hopefully. What are your, well, what are, yeah. <laughs> what are, 
you're not having some strong feelings about this week, I'm assuming. He's not thrilled. Uh, I used to live in Pittsburgh for four years. I worked out there. Um, I, you know, so I have friends, so that'll be nice. Hopefully see a little bit of them with my mask on, but, um, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I'm, what was the question? <laughs> <laughs> That's a, I'm glad you get to see your friends. I'm finally get you get to take some time off, man. You know, you've been working so hard. You, you're focused on that. I completely understand, but. What, what are your feelings on the game? What are you thinking, oh. man? Are you on Pittsburgh's train this week again like you were in San Francisco? I mean, you picked Cincinnati to win. You picked San Francisco <laughs> to win. Let's see where that goes this week. Yeah, I, I was encouraged by what I saw. I like Carson's guts, but I I just think, and I keep saying it, that this offensive line is really going to be up against it with this experienced defense of Pittsburgh. And I think it's going to be – very tough for them to score points. And like Tyler said, yeah, the offense in San Fran only scored 18 points. That's a great point. I mean, you look at the final number, 25, but only 18 came from the offense. So uh, this defense to me is better than San Fran. I know San Fran was a little banged up with Bosa and Thomas and Sherman not playing. Um, Pittsburgh's got a buy in a sense because they didn't play this past week. So they have the extra time uh, to prepare for the Eagles. Um, I, I just think that, I just think that Pittsburgh's going to win the game, to be honest. Um, I think it'll be close. I think it could be low scoring because, you know, the thing you get with Ben is, yeah, he's, he's a good quarterback, but you know he's pretty stationary. So this defensive line, uh, it, they know where he's going to be. If they collapse that pocket, he's going to be standing there. It's always tough to bring him down when you get to him because he's such a big dude. But uh, I, I think the Eagles' defense will play well, but I think – that that's that Pittsburgh defense is going to give the Eagles trouble. I think it's going to be a low scoring game. I think Pittsburgh finds a way to win probably, you know, something like a, you know, 21 to 17 type contest. I mean, I, it's hard to disagree with you because I, I, I think they could too, but I will say if the Eagles force two, at least two turnovers on Pittsburgh, yeah. they win. Right. They win. They win the game. If they force at least two, they'll win that game. That's the only way I'd really see them winning two or next. It's going to be, the Steelers have a lot of weapons. Ben Roethlisberger's playing not like he used to, but it's still not as bad football. He's still playing some good football. Uh, mm-hmm. Their run game is inconsistent. I, I don't know what – I think the Eagles will, will be fine against them versus the run. Yeah. Uh, their defense, though, their defense is their best unit. That's yeah. that's the heart and soul of that team right now is their defense, and they got a great one. They're going to take Zach Ertz out of the game plan with ease with Devin Bush and Mike Fitzpatrick. It's going to be up to the receivers again to have to step up the unheralded names because that are – J.D.R. Sega White Todd, that will be out there. I'm not expecting him to play. I'm not really optimistic about him anyways. Uh, I don't know if Alshon's going to play. I'm not really – I thought he'd be probably – I assumed he'd be back in Baltimore. It's the time frame I gave for him in my head. We'll see what happens, though. Uh, Deshaun, who knows? I'm not banking on it either because it's a hamstring issue with him. Yeah. It's going to probably be up to down Harold. A guy step up against Mike Hilton and Joe Hayden. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be tough. Yeah, it is. Big Ben don't like pressure. The D line should get there. He yeah, can't move. He can't move. That's he can't move like good. he used to. Force the turnovers and you win. Force yeah. the turnovers and, and, and you win. And, and, and we'll get into the previews, but I think Darius Slay will follow Juju, and then I don't think that they have much on offense. I mean, I, I like Deontay Johnson, but I don't I don't want to be too confident. I'm not going to lie to you. I, I might rather that – this is going to sound probably crazy to some people because I'm so high on Deontay Johnson, but I'd rather Darius Slay follow him. I think I mean, his drops have been a problem this season, but he's still yeah. good. He's he's good. Juju is a great player too, though. So I, I I don't know. I'm not really worried about their. 
I'm not worried about the receiving game as much as I'm worried about that defense. I think that defense can yeah. put Eagles as such. It's going to be hard to pass. They're already struggling to pass as is. It's not going to be any easier against that Pittsburgh defense. If, it's going to be tougher. If to we're uh, if we're in the first quarter or second quarter and we're like, man, this D line's not generating any pressure, then it's going to be a long day. Yeah, yeah. then they lost. They lost <laughs> yeah. for sure. If they if they get into the second quarter and the the, the, the D line's not getting to home or they're not yeah. showing any type of pressure, yeah. But Wentz is going to see sure. a lot of lot of looks. This is going to be a big game. They want, a yeah. lot of Bud Dupree, a lot of Cam Hayward. He's got to be on it. And then uh, they have the Alex. Hi Smith, I think his name is they the rookie out of Charlotte that they have over there right now. Yeah, uh, he's he. I wanted the Eagles to get him. I thought he was a good looking yeah. pass rusher. Uh, that's their that's their secret uh, Swiss Army knife for them. Uh, the uh, third the third pass rusher. They get they got some talent. Rush. This, this blitz is going to be serious. The Eagles offensive line has to get ready. Jeff Statlin has a big week this week to get these guys ready for the, the Pittsburgh front seven. And I hope Javon Hargrave plays better against his former team than the Cal Roby Coleman played against his former Woo! team. Well, I'm not worried about. I, I think I think you got a yeah. I think you got a fair bet there, though. I think that's a, I think that's gonna happen. Yeah, I think Javon Hargrave, like we better. said, Javon Hargrave week by week just keeps getting better. I I I think, and then he, I think he'll actually give us the secrets to Pittsburgh's offense because I doubt it's changed as much. As, I don't think they have an innovative Sean McVay over there, so I think yeah. those secrets will actually help this time. Yeah. I don't think that, but Pittsburgh's run game is so inconsistent. James Conner is very insistent running back. Uh, Benny Snell, that they're still trying to figure out if they can get him in, how to utilize him properly. I'm not concerned about their running game at all. Well, Connor's going, J- James Conner's going for over uh, 200 yards in two of their three games, I think. It looks like he just doesn't, he just comes, uh, he does not get in that many yards. I mean, I, I don't want to say that many yards. Obviously, you just said that, but I'm saying many yards per carry. Eagles, yeah, Eagles just, struggle when, when teams are trying to do outside zones and try to hit the D. Right, ends. that's but why I don't – If they're running between tackles, I mean, you would, the yeah, D line of, of – That's Cox, the perfect way to put it. Hargrave, yeah, you just pretty much took it. Yeah, there I you think, go. You, I had, think, you had the better point than I did about it. You, <laughs> I think they're going to do fine against Connor. They they struggle against these these teams like the Niners and Rams who can stretch you. Um, but yeah. they're not the, – the Steelers, Ravens – Ravens are going to be – that's a different – We'll talk about yeah, that. Too, that's going to be freaking tough. Lamar and Jakey Dobbin. That's a whole different week, though. So, Ed, what's your final score prediction? I'm ready to hear because Ron well, Birds. This is a Monday analysis, okay? I mean, I haven't really dived right. in too deep yet, but uh, here you we are. You change your mind during the week. I'll make sure to let the show know. <laughs> How about if I change my mind next Monday? I'll let you know next Monday. <laughs> what my <experience. laughs> yeah, you've been close, man. I'm not gonna lie. Your 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 scores have been close. If you don't want to drop a prediction, don't do it now. No, I'll drop one. Oh, you look know. at it! Look at it! I'm just gonna I'm just gonna warn everybody: don't run out to you know. Don't go to the casino and and bet on it. You know, don't bet on what I'm telling you. Birds by nine. Yeah, it's my disclaimer. <laughs> no, what is? I don't even know what the line is. I haven't seen the early line. I can look right now. Um, the line is we got Eagles against the Steelers. It is pit by seven, which is nuts. Wow. No, I, was, I was thinking it was going to be six and a half. I did that's think crazy, it was six and a half, man. So that's, yeah. Wow. That's pretty, that's pretty high. Uh, I'm taking the under for sure. I think the Eagles will cover, but I don't think they're going to win. I think they're going to probably, like I said, it's going to be, Unless Connor, like you said, they can create some turnovers and shorten the field for that offense like they did uh, when LeBlanc had that sack that gave the Eagles the ball in the 42 and they cashed it. Um, if they can do that, they got a shot. And you like that they got three turnovers. 
Sunday night. So maybe that it's true. It's going to come in bunches and they'll get some. But uh, to me, turnovers are a product of luck, too, as much as they are by design. Uh, So you can't count on that. So just straight up, I'll go Steelers to like something like 20, uh, maybe 21 to 18. Maybe Doug goes for two and we get that oddball score again uh, on their side. So 21-18 Steelers, Monday. uh, That that going for two, though, changed the game. I'm about to say he did make up for the not for going for the tie in the overtime. I gave him a props for that. That was a big that changed the whole outcome of the game for the Eagles. And, and, and the 49ers, the 49ers were, I mean, you saw Ertz just rolled right or uh, Wentz rolled right. Ertz was wide open. Yep. And he just banged Ertz. Easy pitching play. 49ers weren't ready for it. It was a great play call by Doug. And he wouldn't give a reason why he did it, but it was terrific. I mean, they caught the 49ers off guard. They weren't really prepared. And it was a big point, extra point to get in that game. But I will say, I, I, I Ben Roethlisberger is a turnover-prone quarterback, my friend. You can give him to fumble. You can give him to throw interceptions. If, if the pressure gets to him, they can get those turnovers. This could be another week for a turnover week. I know it's an anomaly so far in Philadelphia. I'm not going to say Nick Bowen's turnovers are going to spark the defense to start getting turnovers again. But once you get over that hump, once you get that confidence that you can get him, when you start your defense coordinator starts blitzing more, maybe you can get some more turnovers. We need a Darius Slay interception. And yeah. it's going to happen soon. We need one. We need it. We need it so bad. <laughs> you know what the combined record is for the Steelers' three wins this year? One and 11. Let's go. The oh. record for the Steelers. That's, you, know, you know what you're setting that up for? Another Green Bay Packers victory like last season. Because that's like the same thing that they were like. They were 3-0 and they weren't beating anybody impressive yet. Philadelphia goes in there and beats them. That, yeah. this, this random buy is the only thing that kind of pisses me off. They get a yeah, random they got buy. lucky with that. They got lucky with that. A lot of rest. Oh, Maybe yeah. too much rest, though. Maybe too much rest. We'll see. It, it's going to hurt Pittsburgh on the other side. Now they have to play 13 straight games for the rest yeah. of the year. So, yeah. uh, True. Know. Early buys are the worst for injury front. That does suck for them. But, all right, guys. Thanks for tuning in. And thanks for having you on the show. We'll take, catch you guys later this week. All right, guys. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.